Welcome, welcome, everyone. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, hey. Uh, we are back with another episode of the Back Row Lessons podcast. Yeah. We are, I guess, technically in a new studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had not seen our social media post, Nolan, after we exposed the truth of secret agent Peter Midnight in our latest episode, Nolan was kidnapped by him and poisoned, and then he had to move for... A week so that's why mm-hmm. it's it's been a slight delay but we are back mm-hmm. and in a new place nolan's bedroom Woo! up we go <laughs> yeah so i've been spending like a whole month moving just i don't bit, know bit by bit piece pe- by piece everybody pe- yep. weekend by weekend Johnny just Cash breaking it. it down but yeah we're, we're all back and hopefully rolling it will mm-hmm. be a lot of fun <laughs> uh it's gonna be a good episode we Thank you for all your patience. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep a better rhythm now. It was kind of like an unintentional month break, pretty much, right? Yeah, longer. I yeah, don't know. it's not longer. Let's let's uh, undersell it there. Uh, <laughs> on that great note, uh, last episode, uh, just pre- or actually no, we talked about that before. We yeah, it's start. been a while. We should do a little while. refresher. Refresher. Uh, my name is Paul. Yep, my, and I'm Nolan. <laughs> okay, there we go. Refresher over. Mm-hmm. Uh, icebreakers over. But we're gonna have some fun today. It's gonna be a lot of weird shit happening and again uh our quick i don't know disclaimer i don't know warning label parent advisory (laughs) label pa uh history podcast everything you read here i didn't make up Mm -hmm. i researched it if i could make this stuff up always say i would be doing something better than a podcast here if i could write these stories myself it would be a lot more glorious but i researched this all to the best of my ability i tried to get us only wikipedia only wikipedia and like not even like detailed wikipedia when they have a citation i avoid that and i go for the ones that just say citation needed it's really nice it really eases up my job here but besides that uh on that kind of ringing endorsement of my my uh, bulletproof credibility yeah um should, should we just get at it just get at we got it. social media we're gonna get better at it we said that before but we, we always might like, do it this time maybe maybe mm-hmm. maybe not but <laughs> as we always like to say we, we make, make this, this shit, shit up, up. Wait, exactly oh, we make wait, it, I, no I don't. you don't make this shit up i make this shit up stop taking my credit damn it <laughs> i genuinely said that by accident oh my goodness gracious but <laughs> that's how we start out here um now uh, what we did last time is we had a fun little story of a gentleman mm-hmm. like i had said earlier his name is peter midnight mm-hmm. he was a secret agent a double agent for two colonial powers uh, kind of a power of one. Oh yeah the secret agent so Se- where, who was he originally with he was originally working for the dutch he helped okay. to purchase manhattan island and uh, we kind of got through all the the, the brush and the scrubs of the manhattan island stuff well it was peter midnight uh one other guy we're going to talk about but and, who did he help after that oh i'm getting to it jesus christ uh, man okay. god damn it I, i'm like a <laughs> chef here you can't just skip a step now just, just came in your kitchen just exactly garnish like parsley way mm. too much on top of it all that feta cheese for nothing <laughs> uh so like i was trying to say he purchased manhattan island grew the colony of new netherlands new amsterdam kind of got forced out however he saw wanted in the newspaper ad and he applied the equivalent of it at yep. the time but he got employed <laughs> by sweden who was wanting to make their own colony and he helped nice. to set that up in america using his knowledge from 
working with the Dutch. We should start our own colony. I wish. I keep trying to, but we no one might be a little behind the trend, but we, you know, we believe if, anything can happen. Exactly. We just find some island and just claim it or what have you. Um, <laughs> so let's just take this block. I feel, well, see, here, we live in Minnesota. There's so many lakes. I bet there's a yeah. lake with an island that no one really goes Ooh. on. We could start from there. Let's I, do it. That might be step one. Uh, but then he is working with Sweden, and on his return trip home, he heads down to the Caribbean, runs into a friend. Stop playing footsie with me, Noel. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. I, I mean, You're either. taking all the room. I'm trying. All right, there we go. <laughs> I'm keeping that in there. Um, <laughs> but he ends up dining with his friend off the coast of a Caribbean island, caught up in a hurricane, a tropical storm, never to be seen again until he showed up when he was helping you move and then poisoned us all. So <laughs> that's the story of Peter Midnight. Uh, we are going to kind of pick up with those two colonies, Sweden, New Sweden and New Netherlands today, uh, but it will be a lot of enjoyment. Let's nice. jump in here. Uh, we are going to start mainly in the 1640s here. Uh, I think we ended, yes, 1638, so just kind of picking up similar time period here. Just an overview of the American East Coast at this time. There's a lot that's happened here. Uh, the Dutch, like we said, they have New Netherlands, which is New York down to New Jersey. Uh, pretty much any stereotypical accent associated with the Sopranos started mm -hmm. that, that area you associate with it. Technically started out with the Dutch. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so they shouldn't be. Speaking. So this is modern day what? Like New Jersey, New York. Okay. The coast there from NYC down the coast there. Uh, Sweden is on the on the map here. They've okay. got New Sweden, which uh, I accurately described as kind of in the armpit of New Jersey down to the tip of Delaware. Uh, very sensual, I know, from that armpit, <laughs> baby. And then the other big one is England. Uh, they, the biggest and oldest of them all is the Virginia colony. Uh, then the Plymouth colony settled in 1620, which nice. is pilgrim shit. Uh, then a few years after that, they had the New Hampshire colony in 1623. Nice. And we'll get to these colonies in another like in probably the next episode of the okay episode after we'll that. break them down later. yeah there's one that uh i saw described as like an utter failure and like they described it as an utter failure i was like oh i'm definitely <laughs> not gonna not mention that um then like <laughs> I there. bread and butter there uh the massachusetts bay colony in 1630 which is like modern day salem in boston okay so cool salem witch trials uh and then in 1635 to 1636 the Saybrook Colony, New Haven Colony, Connecticut Colony, Connecticut Colony <laughs> is a tongue twister, I guess. And then finally, the colony of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations there. Okay. So all the countries that would become New England at this point have pretty much been settled and are colonies in one way or another. Uh, why everyone is fucking here, you know, from the Dutch to the English to the Swedes here, fur trapping. Many mm. of these colonies had a big part in exporting American furs uh, from the trapping to the shipping of it. Everyone loves their beaver hats, I guess, and I don't know, different <laughs> kinds of shit. Uh, farming, this is the beginning of just Europeans starting to introduce colonies to the Americas and starting to adapt to native plants as well. Okay. And then uh, the other thing is helping out their other colonies from the empire as these colonies would act as a resupply or refueling stop for ships going and coming from the Caribbean colonies that 
were way more wealthy than New England or like, yeah, these New England colonies. Okay. So it's pretty much just a flyover destination stop uh, <laughs> of the uh, 1640s. And a similarity among all of them from, you know, like I said, England, Sweden, Netherlands is as well as this economic stuff is they were all constantly in some kind of war either back in Europe with each other or with each other here in America. Then mm. you're like, we all need to be fighting with each other at least one way or a fucking other. <laughs> it's in our blood here. Okay, so this is a constant thing throughout the story? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Welcome to history. <laughs> Woo! Woo! That's why military history is so popular, because it's about 90% what is at least recorded. Ah, like, uh, okay. It was a great day. All right, let's write that down. <laughs> you know, I'm going to put the details why it was a great day. It doesn't really get mentioned as much as... They massacred everyone. So mm. now let's return to the Swedish, the new Swedish, or whatever you want to call them. Okay. Uh, in 1643, they are under the command of a newly appointed, quote, energetic autocrat of a governor named Johan Bjornensen, Prince. Wait, are we in the colony? Yeah, we're in the colony of New okay. in, or New Sweden here. So as they get bigger, they get more civilized with like, yeah, in a sense, I don't know, law. And, and I love that you use bigger because Johan Bjornensen Prince, Prince, I don't know, P-R-I-T-N-T-Z, <laughs> was described as, quote, he was a very large man, reputably over 400 pounds, which earned him the nickname Big Belly or Big Guts from the local natives. So, I, mean, I wasn't like saying he got bigger. I no, was but like, he <laughs> literally got bigger. And, I was talking about just the general public like at that time. <laughs> and he, he was a, a very good impersonate, like embodying that growth. He was like, ah, look at how big I am. Okay. I'm Big Belly, which in the running for a, a nickname award there. Uh, and the new colony, new Sweden colony starts to expand along the Delaware River. So oh, nice. that armpit, like I was saying, they establish whoa, Fort Jan Elfsberg. Mm. That's N-Y-A space elfs, like elfs, but you misspelled elves, <laughs> like like you didn't know the spelling of elves, Berg. And this is on by southern New Jersey on the Delaware River, uh, allowing the small Dutch establishment that was like in the area okay. uh, to remain if they swore allegiance to Sweden. So they there was a little Dutch settlement there, and the Swedes said, hey, if you pledge allegiance to us, we'll let you live here. The fort was armed with iron and brass cannons mounted on earth and fortified with a Swedish-style three-cornered wooden palisade, so like protection shit. Okay. So they were arming themselves there. This area of the river was mostly swamp at this time, and the soldiers garrisoned there were not used to mosquitoes. Fort Mosquito, or Fort Meigenborg, was a common nickname for this area. Quote, when it was eventually abandoned, the soldiers succumbed not to enemy fire, but bug bites. Oh my god, there must have been like a shit ton of mosquitoes at this point. Yeah, and mosquitoes nowadays with fucking modern medicine are still like the most dangerous insect to yeah. humans. So at this time... Oh my gosh. Who would win all of Europe versus a little <laughs> amount of bugs? I think we know who would win at this point. Uh, quote... The actual site of the fort is now underwater at Elsinboro Point. In August 2012, archaeological surveys were undertaken to locate the precise location and any remains of the fort without success. So, so wait, with, what? So 
uh, they tried to find where this fort would be nowadays, and they believe it's underwater, but they couldn't find any remains. Interesting. Of, yeah, like I, recently I, underwater. Yeah, it's been for a while. I don't. I didn't see the exact time, but they did this in 2012. Okay. Um. So obviously aliens. I mean, <laughs> unquestionably no the other aliens. Way. No, nothing mm. else. Aliens, intra astronauts, the devil, anything you <laughs> see on the History Channel. That's why. Uh, after settling Elfsboro, uh, Big Belly Prince here continued up the Delaware River. I'm sorry, who is this guy again? He's the governor. The so, governor, like, oh yeah. So he's the ch- man in charge of the colony, mm-hmm. and he's over 400 pounds, and the natives... Wait, like, actually? Yeah, he's, reputed, oh, shit, he's okay. reported to be over 400 pounds, and the natives, you know, as we give them nicknames or translations, their nickname for him was Big Belly. Oh, you're going to say like Chewbacca on the no, word. No, I mean Big Belly or Big Guts, and I think I also saw one other nickname that they <laughs> gave him, which is just as complimentary. So, so. the natives were aware of this person? Oh, they were so aware, they were calling him fat. I oh, mean, they, okay. They, yeah. I didn't know if this was like everybody, like the I colonization or the, the colonizer, colonists? whatever you want to call them. No. Colonists, I, that's Colonists. It. I, bet colonists they, I bet they called him fat, so too, yeah. but in their... Dutch word. It's like with two A's and uh, three O's. It's weird. Uh, so after... Wait, is it actually? I don't think so. <laughs> I know in German, like D-I-C-K, so dick, it means fat. Oh, really? And, and that was the most... Uh, terrible thing that my ninth grade German class learned because we just ye- kept yelling dick in German class because we were like, I'm a fat dick. So that's ah. that's why learning languages is dangerous for teenagers. Uh, so after <laughs> after settling this fort... Here, I don't know. That's the awareness we needed to make today. I guess. It's a public ah. service announcement here. Um, <laughs> arguing against education, I guess. <laughs> hey, there we go. But uh, You don't want to have more dick jokes do we do we do we germans (laughs) so after settling this elfsboro place or elfsburg i keep saying burrow but it's borg Mm. uh, elfsburg prince continues up the river and would eventually settle fort nine gothenburg which is luckily named after a major city in sweden okay uh, gothenburg uh i believe that's where the Volvo factory is, or at least outside of it. Uh, and this was settled. The what factory? The Volvo factory. Oh, Volvo. Volvos, yes. Uh, they don't make a appearance in this. No, no Lord Volvo <laughs> or anything. But so he settles it on the modern day island of Tinicum Island, which is southwest of Philadelphia. Uh, and there's actually still evidence of this here. This settlement made what would become Tinny. It's literally Tinycom. It's T I. N-I-C-U-M, so Tinycom. Okay. <laughs> but at least in Philadelphia, they'll pronounce it Tinycom. Uh, Tinycom Township has the distinction of being the site of the first recorded European settlement in Pennsylvania. So this is kind of the first step towards Pennsylvania becoming a thing. Okay. Uh, this Fort Gothenburg served as the capital of the new Sweden colony under the rule of Johann Prince. Uh, and Governor Prince here built his manor house on the island which was called the prince hof or the prince house is this thing still here kind, kind of okay um from here he administered so the, he had his own island he it wasn't his own island but it was like the fort on the island okay. was where he was ruling from and he had his house there cool uh but he was an autocrat so yeah kind of he it was pretty much his own island he, okay. he was like i am as large a man is not an island except for in this case where i am this island i am that's impressive I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, from here, he administered the colony. 
and built up more, you know, administration at the fort. Uh, at Tinycom Island, he held court, acting as prosecutor, judge, and jury. So, <laughs> Tinycom Tiny, Tiny Come judge, jury, and executioner. He's Judge Dredd. <laughs> uh, two years later, in 1640-ish, uh, a fire swept over the newly established settlement. However, the Prince Hof survived and was rebuilt even better and grander. He's like, I need... Okay. Castle here. Uh, from here, with their few settlements, the Swedish started to support various native groups in their different battles and wars that they had with European colonies. So they're starting to get involved with the very complex nature of who should we support in the native groups? Who support, you know, are they supporting the English? Can we mm-hmm. kind of help them to fuck them over there? Uh, so they're really starting to get their feet wet in, I guess, American geopolitics at the time okay woo woo. i know getting that sexiness out here um <laughs> slightly north of new sweden uh new jersey area delaware <laughs> area the dutch colony of the new netherlands was also pushing out further from their main settlement to control more territory uh before england or sweden could get to the area and put their claims on it they want to the claim is a big thing here mid 1630s around the capital of new amsterdam the first governor after Peter Midnight, uh, a gentleman by the name of Edward Van Halen. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, his real name is Wouter Van Twiller. Even oh, worse. Uh, the, you kind of just took the van. Uh, yeah, it's the only thing I could get. And like Van Halen, Wouter yeah. Van, whatever. Uh, Van Twiller gained some land and losses as well. Took some places and lost one. He purchased... Uh, nut Island, just just an, an island of nut or nuts, <laughs> I don't know, but Nut Island or Noten Island in Dutch, later renamed Governor's Island from a local tribe for two axe heads, a string of beads, and iron Wait, nails. Wait, so is this the same governor? Or somebody This else? is the guy right after Peter Midnight. Oh, right after him. Yeah, so, so he gets an island fetish too. Yeah, he buys islands okay. too. Uh, and I think Governor's Island is where Governor's Ball is, the uh, big music festival. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, no, that's on Randall's Island. Is Randall's Island? Fuck. Why is it called oh. Governor's Ball if it's not on Governor's Island? Keep hitting this closet door if anybody's wondering. Fuck. Um, yeah, that's my anger there. However, he also lost the colony's claim of the Connecticut River Valley to the New England settlers that were coming up there. So, like I said, he bought some and he lost some there. Uh, a local appointed Dutch official with high authority named Lubert Van Dinkelagen. Another van? Uh, yeah, woo. He's he's the bassist in the band, actually. <laughs> Lubert Van Dinkelagen criticized Van Tweeler's management of the colony. So, in response... Mm-hmm. Twiller expelled Van Dinkelagen back to Europe and refused to pay him the salary that he was owed. So he's like, oh, you criticized me? Back. <laughs> out. <laughs> How I yell at my cat to get out of the apartment. <laughs> so when he's back, he's he gets sent home, this Van Dinkelagen guy. Okay. Which is, I don't know if I like saying that name or not. Like, hey, Van Dinkelagen here. But uh, <laughs> sounds like a beer. He brings his frustrations to to the audience of the directors of the Dutch West India Company. And I know it was a little long for you, Nolan, but I remember in the last episode saying how the colony at this point in New Netherlands is pretty much just ran by the company of the Dutch East yeah, Indies yeah, or I remember West that. India mm-hmm. Company. So this is like bringing it to the government officials in a, in a sense here. Like to their attention? Yeah. How, okay. uh, 
that he is kind of getting fucked over and he's owed paid by the governor and the governor isn't doing anything about it. Uh. And he isn't just by himself there. His words are being backed up by the trusted captain, David Peterson DeVeers. God, these names are hard. <laughs> DeVeers is what I'm probably just going to call him here. Uh, now, with these reports coming in and being kind of accredited... Van Twiller is removed as the governor of New Netherlands in the summer of 1637 and is told to come back to the Netherlands here. He's uh, told to report home. Appointed to replace Twiller is a man by the name of William Kieft, which is not a hard name to pronounce, thank God, right there. That's just five letters in 1638. (laughs) Um, Now, I should mention this. This is William Kieft, the 17th century Dutch merchant, not William Kieft, former Dutch professional soccer player who represented the Netherlands at the 1990 World Cup. <laughs> he played as a center forward and was known as a prolific goal scorer whose main asset was his heading ability. In 2014, in his autobiography, Kieft admitted a long-lasting cocaine and alcohol addiction, which began after the end of his career. Wait, does this have anything to no, do with... No, I just, I just wanted to make sure that we're talking about the guy from the 17th century, not the 1990s World Cup player. I just wanted to make that clear. addictions that we said? Oh, yeah. He had a long-lasting cocaine addiction. Damn. Yeah. I don't know if the, the guy we're talking about... From. Yeah, I don't know if the guy we're talking about also had a cocaine addiction, but I'm not ruling that out okay. <laughs> in the 17th century. Um, now, Keith had never been to the New Netherlands colony and, quote, had little idea of what he was getting himself into when he accepted this position. He's like, I'm a gambler. Fuck it. Okay, so I'm high on coke. <laughs> so summarize, why are all these people coming together and where are we at? Okay, uh, the, the governor of New Netherlands, the uh-huh. colony that had been appointed after peter midnight uh-huh lasted only a few years okay and was removed because he was pretty much just stealing okay so they appoint this new gentleman william keefe and he has no prior experience and had never been to the colony and he's gonna be the governor of the colony here okay so no no prior experience let's get a fresh set of eyes on this colony and see what <laughs> happens here and let's see what happens here um At the time he arrived, the Dutch government decided to become more involved in the American colony. Um, Okay. So before this, the colony had essentially been run by the Dutch West India Company, or as we kept making fun of last time, their initials, the DWI. Okay, and then going back, I think you brought it up and kind of caused like, me to remember. So like, were they? you said they were screwing people over? This guy at least was. Or no, the company though. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, they, didn't, like, the colonists really benefit nothing from it? Kind of. The Dutch were a little bit weirder F- about it. That door again. God damn uh, <laughs> it. was really easy to get into the company, but uh, it uh, it's... The colonists weren't, like, striking it rich there necessarily, but they, after a few years, would be a lot more self-reliant. Okay, that's uh, it. Yeah, that's they, it. They mm-hmm. could, after a while, they would start to kind of get a community going i think because I, they I were like struggling for the first, oh yeah all these colonies while, yeah. struggle for the last for the few couple years that they started and mm-hmm. so the dwi had been really running the show here okay in the colonies <laughs> and DWI. they saw yeah the dwi and they saw it as a lucrative business all the trade and stuff like that 
but the government is kind of wanting to take more of a hold on things here. Mm -hmm. The problem that William Keeft here faced, problem was, the problem was that uh, Keeft, when he was hired by the Dutch India Company here, was mainly for his previous business experience. Okay. Which includes no politics or governing. (laughs) And the government wants it to be more of a colony, like a government colony, not a business. So they hired the wrong guy for the job (laughs) in in simple terms. And um, this is going to be maybe a controversial statement, but I'll stand by it. Uh, governing a colony is a lot different than running a business, <laughs> uh, as we're about to find out here. Um, I mean, people's lives are kind of at stake, so... Yeah, you know, just a little bit. You know, we might all starve and die, but we did make a profit, so <laughs> it, it it balances itself oh, out sadly, there. it's like it's still a thing today. In some places, yes. Mm-hmm. But in So inhabitants expected more freedoms and influence in how the colony... Uh, was ran, and especially in the capital city of New Amsterdam. Okay. Uh, and this would be compared to how things were back in Europe. They wanted, they're like, hey, we're building shit here. Why, why can't we, <laughs> uh, why can't we get in on the goods here and kind of start having our voices uh, heard? However, as Kieft was committed to running the colony like a business, his autocratic nature began to clash with, with the residents of the colony. So. Like a business manager is not very democratic. Okay. Um, I, I will say that here. A major critic of William Keefe was that uh, captain, the trusted captain David DeVeers, who previously was part of removing Twiller from the same office, and he was leading a group of settlers on Staten Island that were at odds with the governor. So the guy who previously got the governor removed is now at odds with the current governor trying to get him removed again. Um, Wait, so he's trying to just get rid of governors? I think it's more a coincidence. He's like, these two guys are major assholes and not, I want to be governor. Because if it wasn't like, oh, this guy's doing a pretty good job, no one was complaining, but that guy was, it would definitely be that case. But it's, everyone is complaining, just led by this guy here. I feel like in history, like, I don't know, like being pretty vague right now, like, that that's, one person. That's how history works. Yeah, 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 there's always like one person that's just like, no, I don't like how this turned out. Like a lot, or like I don't like how this is working, and they'll actually get their way. There, yeah, there's that one like <laughs> the clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Like, oh wow, they had that there. Uh, Keith's problem, or this is a quote. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Quote: Keith's problems were not just with the citizenry. Citizenry. Eh, I can't even say that. Citizenry. Citizenry. Yeah, all the citizens with the people. Okay. With the peeps. Citizen, His wait, prob- citizenry? Yeah, citizenry. Is there an er after citizenry? It's citizen R-Y. Citizenry, I know that one. Or, oh, citizenry. Okay, I see. Hold on, let me go to Google now. <laughs> uh, okay, let me just rephrase that. Quote, Keith's problem was not just with the citizens. There we go. Problem solved. <laughs> there we go. He also had disputes with the Swedes on the Delaware River, with the English on the Connecticut River, and with all the Indians with whom the colony had to deal with. So all are they losing, like, trading access or something? Yeah, things are starting to cl- Or, like, not trading, uh, like... Their access, I they're, guess. Yeah, they're kind of getting closed in a little bit. People are starting to turn against them. Oh. Uh, and now this is a quote within a quote. We're going Inception style here. Quote, <laughs> he is best known for his lack of diplomacy with Native Americans, resulting in years of warfare and disruption of the entire colony. So okay. what a legacy. He, and who are we talking about again? Oh, my God. William Keith, the William governor. Keith, that's the governor, it. Okay. And he's governor. still the second dude? Not, yep, the governor. He's, is he also fat? Did we discuss no, that? No, he's not fat. I didn't see anyone describing 
showing him as fat. Oh, yeah, just. Okay. I mean, you could picture him that way, but I don't know if that's accurate. I don't, ah, okay. I don't know. But okay, so I'll give him a fat guy weight. is down in New Sweden. He's being colony governor yep. for New Sweden, and then the guy we're talking about, William Keeft, is up in New Amsterdam, and he's the governor there. Okay, so they're coexisting at the same time, ruling their Ooh, respective okay. colonies here. And which one's getting closed in? Uh, we'll see, but it's going to be uh, both of them eventually. Okay, okay. Uh, but Johan. Sweden guy is known for being fat and an autocrat. Keefe is known for his lack of diplomacy and warfare. So okay. uh, do with that what you will. Um, in 1640, the Dutch East India Company ended its trade monopoly on the furs in the colony and declared New Netherlands a free trade zone. Mm. And Keefe suddenly was governor of a booming economy. So this big change really amped up how much people were excited to trade in New Netherlands as at this time everyone had tariffs, embargoes, taxes, things of that nature. Yeah. This is the beginning of free trade enterprise on an international oh, level. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a big like thing. Very, very early. Very on. early, okay. yeah. This is really the start of, at least internationally, it being a thing. Uh, with this bubbling colony wanting to grow in the region and the fact that they were surrounded by a mixture of allies and rivals, you know, mm -hmm. enemies, um, this puts Netherlands and other European colonies kind of on a crash course because they want to expand, they want to grow, but everyone around them, one wrong move might trigger everything coming together here. okay uh which is always fun for a history podcast to talk about so let's get into that kind of <laughs> fucking shit here uh keith took a different oh I, yeah no there it goes uh now differing from before previous governors who mainly their policy with the local natives is hey if we don't piss them off they'll they're okay with trading with us and uh we don't die so maybe we should <laughs> maybe Roll with that plan here. Yeah. Uh, Keefe took a different course of action against the local tribes, causing a lot of unneeded tension. Uh, things that didn't even really need to happen did here. Keefe's first plan to boost income for the colony, even though it was already booming, they were like, we need more fucking money here, <laughs> uh, was, to, was to start receiving tribute payments from the tribes on their maize living in the regions. It's like, what if we tax them? Okay. <laughs> what if we start to take money from them? I bet they would love that. Um, <laughs> Longtime colonists warned him against this course, but he still pursued it when, even when tribal chiefs rejected the idea where it was just very much the Dr. Evil equivalent of, how about no? And then just going away there. Like, we we outnumber you, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, like your little scooter sound. There we go. Um, so things start, tensions start to ramp up here. Okay. Uh, the unconscionable, unforgivable, dastardly deed of, pigs being stolen from the farm of David DeVere's happened. Oh, no. So, obviously, Keith has to send soldiers to raid a nearby village on Staten Island. Are you serious? Killing several people. Yeah, so he's like, they stole pigs, we need to, you know, slaughter some. People. Okay. So, a tit-for-tat situation is starting to develop here and, they, and we don't even know <laughs> i mean was that their like main food supply for, i don't know at the time I don't it know. might not be main but it is a contributing thing. yeah 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 and they still don't even know if that was uh 
natives doing it. Maybe it was some okay. ran, you know, some just dastardly kids. Uh, the village that was raided retaliated by burning down Devere's farmhouse and killing four of his employees. <laughs> and let's just amp it up here. And he's even against the governor. He's like, wait, really? Yeah, this is the Devere's guy. He's like, what the fuck, man? First my pigs get stolen, then my farmhouse and my employees get burned? Are okay. you fucking kidding me? So is the governor the biggest piece of shit right now? Yes. Okay. He, he's mm-hmm. the head honcho of assholes right now. Okay. Who, I, do we have, did I miss any other assholes so far? Or no, just he's him? the main one right now that we're okay. like at least named major <laughs> asshole here keeft is his name k i e f yeah lieutenant major ass i'm surrounded by assholes <laughs> favorite movie balls. favorite movie here uh keeft ordered bounty payments to rival tribes for the heads of the attackers however it was later determined that devere's pigs had been stolen by other colonists okay so all of that was over nothing all Wait, of, really? Yep. All of that, the, <laughs> the raid, the burnings, the killings, all of that was over internal what problems. What happened after? Did they get away with it? Or did like anybody bother to be like, eh? At that point, who the fuck knows? Yeah. You, you could just, like... Was everybody, well, that happened. I mean, until like the 1800s, if you weren't at the scene of the crime, it was just word versus word at that point. <laughs> like, you got away with that. Like, if you killed someone in the street and just ran away quick enough, you get away with that kind of shit. Like, yeah. no one ever saw you. Um Small incidents of random violence started to happen in the colony between settlers and local natives in the area. Okay. Uh, But none of them were really motivated by political reasons or being displaced. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that didn't really stop Keith from trying to use them for that. Okay. For that kind of reason. So such small incidences of settlers and some hack-and-sack natives in the area had been drinking alcohol at a trading post when a conflict arose over a missing coat which ended in the death <laughs> of the post's foreman which is a really big escalation over a missing coat so this is the shit we're discussing in history right now yeah just random like total random acts of violence Does this actually add up to anything like oh it's gonna add up to something really but like so okay. like like that right there is a drinking incident yeah like okay before we recorded i showed nolan a clip from the just immaculate amazing show love after lockup (laughs) involving people meeting significant others in prison Uh where a woman getting out of a halfway house had two two potential suitors waiting for her (laughs) that ended in physical violence that's over a woman and it didn't end in the death of someone in the area one dude just knocked a dude cold out with a punch so that's the kind of human condition we have to talk about (laughs) love after lock there Mm. but uh so these kinds of things where it's just violence in the colony between natives and colonists okay he the governor was trying to say like they're coming after us like you know things that happen nowadays pretty much um the colonists did not support keith's position on these local natives that they're violent and you know coming okay. for them really yeah they you would think it would be like the other way around like they were easily manipulated or something well, like that the big thing which is, one i would you know which, you would understand oh, yeah so it's the funny thing is like all all these dutch settlers and colonists uh-huh. at this point 
probably a majority of them have some vested stake in some kind of trading and they yeah. definitely rely on the natives for that kind of trading. So they're okay. like, whoa, 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 We can't make money off of each other. We're all broke. Yeah. They're the only ones with things that we want. So we need them at this point. Yeah. So they're like, why are you trying to fuck them over? But you know what? That makes a lot of sense because, you know, like the governor is not going to understand how like time consuming, stressful or dangerous. Yeah. You know, like if you're like, I don't know, you said the mosquitoes. Like, yeah. Like that's a lot of shit you don't you can't know. expand out there. Mm-hmm. And it's fur trading. It's farming. You know who's really good at fur trading and farming in this part of the fucking world? The people that have lived there for thousands of fucking mm-hmm. years. Maybe we should not tax them for what they've been doing longer than we've been here. Wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio in a movie where he was getting fur or whatever? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Revenant. With That's the, with it. The bur- with the yeah. bear. <laughs> he, like... <laughs> I remember we lived in a house, you, me, um, and two of our roommates, and one of our roommates... Um, Dan, we'll just say his first name, was like, oh, let's watch this movie. It's a great movie. And then our other roommate, Bob, he's like, Dan to Bob, he's like, you got to watch this movie. And we finally got Bob to watch and he just fell asleep. (laughs) I mean, in his defense, it's like... It's a long, slow movie. It's like almost three hours movie. And I think Leo had more... Like I saw some meme, so take that with what you will. But he had like (laughs) more grunts and like sound effects than words in that movie. Because there's this sizable portion where he's just lying on the ground with his guts out. He's like... I do miss the memes before then that were like all about him getting an Oscar or whatever. Because he hadn't had one yet. Out of all actors, he shouldn't have... He should have gotten one. And then... Now here we are with a whole new set of Oscar <laughs> that was, memes. That was a good, yeah. There, were, that was a good set of memes. Uh, one of the other ones I also like is "Bad Luck Brian." Is that what That's it is? That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> one day good. we'll get to that history. Everyone is not really supporting mm-hmm. William Keefe here as he's trying to push to go after the natives here. Yeah, this drama's kind of, or drama's kind of interesting actually. It's yeah, it's a one versus another side here. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a strong. Uh, three versus one player Mario Party game vibe okay. where the colonists are the three people and then the governor Keith is the one player. Like they have advantages, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty hard to win the mini game <laughs> right there. Uh, so he's trying to use the murder of a local pub owner, a public house owner, okay. uh, to build popular support for an offensive on the natives here. And I will tease a few, it's coming in the next couple episodes here, hopefully. But a big, big part of early colonial America is alcohol. Oh, yeah, for is sure. Drinking. Like, I think it's like deep in like a revolution or whatever. Very deep. The second house built in America, second public building in America was a pub. <laughs> so it goes back and there's like legitimate like pieces in the American Revolution that connect to drinking. And it would be bad on my part, both as a history, like history nerd <laughs> and someone who likes to make funny podcasts to not mention all of that shit there yeah, so we'll like get into that evolution like with like i don't know cavemen wherever they were in that walk of life um they like ate fermented fruit which got them off oh yeah to... <laughs> it, it, it's a legitimate thing it's a crazy thing here so keith the governor he creates the council of 12 men uh and just names himself 12 times to the council no i wish <laughs> i wish he was like it, it, it's just you <laughs> where are the 11 other chairs is he serious he's still he, going <laughs> he, he's running between each chair to make it look like someone else is talking and arguing with himself it's mm-hmm. really weird he's only said his name 11 times yeah, is that your question william keith sprints over <laughs> here and then he runs back to the podium william keith sprints <laughs> to another chair. here um this is the first popularly elected body in the new netherlands colony 
to advise him on issues. So this is kind of a, let's get 12 rich guys in here to tell me what to do here. Okay. Uh, quote, the council was alarmed about the consequences of Keith's proposed crusade as they had lived in peace with the Indians for nearly two decades and they rejected his proposal to massacre the Wekwaseke village if the villagers refused to produce the murder. To sum that all up, he makes this council... He tells them his plan that if they don't turn over the murderer of this pub owner, that he is going to go in and massacre everyone. And he's hoping that appointing this council, they'd be like, yeah, that's a totally great idea, man. <laughs> but they totally reject it, and they're alarmed at what that could do for the colony. So, you know, being the great uh, idea or, you know, great leader, mm-hmm. uh, politician that he was, uh, the council sought to move Kieft away from the war, and they began to advise him on other matters. Uh, the natives, they pointed to certain things that were like, hey, this might not be, you know, a great idea. Okay. Uh, first off, the natives far outnumbered the settlers and could easily weather attacks against their lives and property far better than the Dutch. I mean, I, I do believe that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, hey, you know how we're buying only a few islands and they have a continent over there? Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we could win against... I don't think we, we could outlast them. They also supplied the furs and the pelts, and they were the economic lifeblood of the colony. Well, that was like a huge thing, though, right? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the bigger thing is this... They were the supply of the furs, the pelts, and the lifeblood of the colony. Okay. Because if they go attack them, how we have seen in multiple previous colonies... Other natives are like, I really don't want to give you food if yeah, you're, you're yeah. attacking, you know, that other <laughs> tribe there. So it's probably going to be hard to survive uh, if they go after them. So the Council of Twelve Men called for establishing. <laughs> Sounds like Lord of the Rings. I know something. it's a, just a mythological uh, council, like very shady, very spooky kind of vibe going yeah. on there. And the governor, governor's Keith. Yeah, this governor... should be like the Council of Eleven, Eleven Men and Keith. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it would be. Governor Keith and his council. Yeah. He, he comes first, damn it. Uh, they establish a permanent representative body to manage the local affairs among the colonists. So they're like, how about we take over ruling things here? He's not really trustworthy here. Okay. Uh, the governor, Keith, responds by dissolving the council and issuing a decree forbidding them to meet. So he's like, oh, really? Gone. You're gone. <laughs> no more council. No more council in this. Uh, acting in complete defiance of the colonists and the ex-counselors' wishes, desires, you know, put in word, hopes, dreams, whatever. Uh, Keefe's war broke out in 1643 against local tribes in the area here. A full-on war is breaking out here. Uh, Keefe sent an expedition to attack the village of natives who had murdered the pub owner, but... On the way there, the I mean, militia got lost. I mean, like, why the pub owner? Well, so it was a murder of a Dutch business owner by a native. So okay. he's using that as like, they're attacking us. Uh, so he's using that. But, but he said this before. Is it going to work this time? No, no, it's not. Okay. Um, but so like I said, he had sent this village, like an expedition force to attack the village, but they got lost on their way there. So. <laughs> always was this at night too? Who knows? But it's always <laughs> a great start for your war when the first attack gets lost it's always a great start <laughs> did you teach them a lesson uh, yeah sure north goes the other way dumbass like, I'm in France. Uh, after a small delay and political regrouping uh an attack force is sent by keith 
in late February 1643 to the south of the colony. So after, they're like, is everyone here? Did, did we not forget anyone out in the woods mm-hmm. there? All right, let's go the other way. We can <laughs> get this here. Now, just across the water from Manhattan Island at Pavonia, what would be, I think, modern-day Pavonia, New Netherlands, or, yeah, I guess it's Pavonia, New Netherlands, not New Jersey, so it's mod- not modern-day, no, mm. no state of New Netherlands, okay. was a refugee camp of different Lenape oh. people that had been driven from their lands north by the Algonquin and Mohawk enemies uh, that had been armed with French and English guns. So, so wait, the Indians... So the na- kicked out other Indians. Yes, the Lenape. Yeah, the I mean. refugees here uh, were Lenape people that were driven south by other natives that were armed with, with European guns. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so at no point in there did you hear Dutch or yeah. Netherlands. Uh, they're just nearby here mm-hmm. uh, dis- because their beefs go like back way farther than yeah this is like the colonists yeah this is like native stuff yeah i I was making a joke to my roommate when i watch basketball Mm -hmm. when like it's two guys from america who like kind of get in each other's face yeah i'm like oh it's just competitiveness you know they're getting in the game when it's two european guys getting their face i'm like that's ethnic like that's an ethnic conflict going back 500 (laughs) years they're gonna bring back some weird shit in like two seconds right there yeah actually they're like one step away from just breaking out a flag and running around there i'm like whoa (laughs) now despite the dutch west india's company previous guarantees to provide aid and protection to friendly these friendly tribes in the mm-hmm. area uh keith promptly refused to do that he's like no no more protection for you okay. no more aid for these refugees here uh february 25th 1643 over a hundred colonists from new netherlands raid the camps at pavonia in the middle of the night where wait the concentration camps it's not a concentration camp. Was well, that a, what you said earlier? Though? No, refugee camp. Refugee. Holy Re- shit, my bad. Difference. <laughs> Home, difference. Difference. Difference bad. there. It's about to turn. Um, <laughs> because in the middle of the night, they go to these refugee camps where 80 Native Americans were brutally massacred. <gasps> a fun little quote here, I guess. I guess oh, no. um, coming God, from the door. David DeVries, that uh, farmer who who's he's the worst guy in this he's like i just want to help my colony and my pigs are getting taken my house is getting burned i have to watch this quote infants were torn from their mother's breast and hacked to pieces in the presence of their parents yeah jesus christ wait who's doing what these are the dutch on the natives oh my god and then so said baby pieces are thrown into a fire and water and other sucklings being bound to small boards were cut, stuck, and pierced, and miserably massacred in a manner to move a heart of stone. Some were thrown into the river, and when the fathers and mothers endeavored to save them, the soldiers would not let them come on land, but made both parent and children drown. That's fucked up. Yeah. So from here, they've attacked this camp here. Keefe orders a band of volunteers to advance towards... Colors Hook, which is like another location in the okay. area here, to attack the refugees assembled here. And then a f- again, uh, yeah, uh, more people. And uh, then a f- another massacre happened here as well against by same people, uh, same people against. I don't I didn't see if it was the Lenape, but natives in the area here. OK, uh, now it is not still fully clear if Keith had planned the massacres as the initial action. He probably did. Or if it was he wanted a raid, but 
the big thing is that doesn't matter because in the aftermath, he rewarded the soldiers afterwards for their deeds. So that doesn't fucking matter if he okay. wanted it or not. In yeah. the end, he was like, fuck yeah, yeah. Woo. Yeah, he said yeah. it was okay. He, he Yeah, he allowed it and he didn't uh-huh. uh, attack them there. Uh, he oof. enabled it. He enabled it. Uh, the uh, He gaslit them or whatever stupid terms people use nowadays. <laughs> the attacks in reality unify. So they were trying to like strike against the natives and like if we attack them here everyone will bow down to us here but what actually happened is it united the surrounding algonquin people in the area against the dutch and all their interests so they galvanized a giant alliance (laughs) again terrible plan terrible aftermath here uh by the fall of 1643 that same year here uh an assembled force of over 1500 native soldiers hit back against the Dutch by invading the New Netherlands and destroying villages and farms. They're like, oh, you want to strike? We'll strike back here. In the winter, the Dutch retaliated against the native, resulting in more skirmishes and fightings here. Now, I guess I might have put it in the wrong day, but by the turn of 1643 and 1644, mm-hmm. New Amsterdam was growing crowded with a uh, Dutch refugees fleeing warfare around their settlements. Okay. So they're fleeing to the big city here. Uh, however, popular support increasingly resisted Keefe's rule because he's the reason for all this yes. fucking shit. So <laughs> they were like that. So they started doing things like dodging new taxes he ordered them to pay. And they were like, we're not going to pay your taxes if we don't fucking agree with what you're Wait, doing. are these the colonists? Yeah, these are colonists and people who... So he's, fle- Keith's pissing off everyone. Yeah, he's li- he's galvanizing not only all the natives against what him, but... What is he trying to benefit? In, like, him, like I'm he's, assuming himself, but what is he trying to go for? It's hard. Like, I think he, th- he thinks, or he sees it, he's like, oh, if we get the natives to pay us here, we don't need to, you know, send out colonists to make that money, pretty much. But at the same time... It doesn't make any fucking sense because they were doing a great, like yeah. they were booming already without okay. any of these issues. So I think he's just an idiot. <laughs> an idiot high on his own power, probably a little racist against okay. natives. Yeah. Uh, it's always like, the, there's always an asterisk, like it's a 10% thing, like how at the gas pump you see 10% ethanol might, co- yeah. might contain up to 10% racism there. Um, <laughs> uh, so or a lot more. At, I, up yeah. to... Not, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they're dodging taxes. Uh, people began to leave by ship to return home to Europe as well. So okay. they are fleeing to the city, seeing how shit the city is, and then returning home, the exact opposite of what was happening less than a year ago before this war started. Okay. So he's doing a great job being the leader of New Netherlands here. Uh, the next two years, the forces of the United Tribes harassed Dutch settlers throughout the colony colonists wrote to the directors of the dwy and the dutch republic <laughs> requesting intervention but received no help that's so distracting i know it's so like fucking I... funny and I, I love that they they needed an intervention but the dwy did not want to, to help with that is just perfect Are you serious? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that was funny uh, so after the, <laughs> that was great so after this many colonists began to band together to formally petition for the removal of keith okay here. Uh, despite a small colonial force... I'm like, I'm definitely for it at this point. I think everyone yeah. is. Like, even, like, the hardcore, like, business supporters are yeah. like, he's doing a terrible job yeah. of running the colony here. Like, we're trying to, like, us rationalizing why he's doing this is not even, he's like, just, helpful. <laughs> across the board, everyone is like, he's an asshole. Uh, despite a small colonial force kind of sparingly arranged throughout 
the colony. Sorry, uh-huh. uh, they were helpless to stop attacks. Uh, the natives forced themselves or forces themselves were too spread out to kind of get a giant invasion going. Mm-hmm. And they had a little here, a little there. Summer of 1645, finally, the Dutch and the allied natives finally agreed to a truce when the last of the 69 nice, tribes joined the united force. Uh, the outcomes of this war included, so it's on one side you have the Dutch, on the other side... 69 different tribes. <laughs> I wonder who's going to win in this battle here. Uh, so the outcomes included the native attacks on Dutch settlements caused many colonists to return back to And like, to do Europe. they all like unite against the colonists yeah, then? Yeah, they pretty much all okay. went up against uh, the Dutch here. So a lot of colonists returned back to Europe. Whew. A great thing. Uh, the Dutch... But what kind of impact do they leave by like getting at the colonists well with the colonists leaving it's not going to be as well functioning but like how like how bad was the attack i mean i mean to them i bet they're like okay i could live here (laughs) potentially be attacked and raided by people i don't know or i could live in amsterdam yep and not have that so (laughs) i I, i'm rich i can do one or the other here so it's that i think the other people the farmers and that kind of shit came to the city and started to settle there. Okay. But they might not be able to return home or what okay. have you. So people are leaving the city. The Dutch West India Company loses confidence in its ability to control territory in the new world, mm-hmm. changing the company policy. They're like, maybe we shouldn't appoint assholes okay. to be our governors. Maybe vet candidates. <laughs> maybe okay. This is the beginning of the interview process in modern <laughs> business, ladies and gentlemen. We can trace it back to this bloody massacre. No. That would be a great like tangent or like little rabbit hole I make. Like, yeah, this is yeah. how the first interviews happened. But no. Uh, in 1647, uh, Kieft is fire, fired and recalled to the Netherlands to advan- answer for his conduct in the war here. So he's actually going to face maybe some... Oh, shit. Some... Uh, uh, fucking repercussions here. Okay. Now, May 1647, the ship of the Princess Princess Amelia, one of the largest merchant ships of the Dutch Republic, dock off the coast of Manhattan, carrying a gentleman by the name of Petrus Stuyvesant. Uh, he is the new director general of the New Netherlands, and with him he has his wife, Judith, and his staff. He's fresh on the scene. He's the new governor of the colony. It's a new era. It's a new colony. So how did he get the job? Uh, He wasn't a total dick. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, He's a little bit more connected, and I'll kind of explain. He actually has a background here. Okay. He was a part of... He's not a businessman. He's not a businessman. He, I think, was actually at this at one of the buyings of the islands here. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuyvesant was here to replace Kieft as the leader of the colony, with the Amelia being the ship that was going to carry Kieft home to Europe. Okay. Um, the captain of the Amelia, Princess Amelia here, was a gentleman by the name of Jan Klaassen Klons- Bull. So the Dutch either have the longest fucking names or the shortest <laughs> fucking names, because his name might just be Jan Bull. So, Jan Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, just two two syllables right there. Full man. <laughs> uh, he was 28 at the time, which is pretty young for a captain of such a large ship. Along with Kieft uh, on board the ship was 200,000 pounds of dye word from Curacao in okay. uh, the Caribbean. Uh, about 14,000 beaver pelts. 
just um, just try and picture 14,000 beaver pelts. I really can't. Because I don't think I could see that many beaver pelts in my life. It's a lot. It's a lot of beaver pelts, and they all had to they be They just hand- killed a shit ton of beavers. That's a beaver town. That's a that's a small beaver township yeah. that was just killed for pelts. That was like a children's show that never yeah. have, has a chance to happen All the now. beavers are dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and then around 107 passengers and crews uh, who included people who were planning to testify against Keefe in Amsterdam. So a lot of people that hate him, yeah. hate him are going back to... On the same ship with him. That's a that's a great recipe. That's a gr- <laughs> All right. Who, who do we got? We've got the uh, accused. So wait, is this town like getting like dangerously empty or whatever? Not dangerous empty. It's still a trading point. Okay. But this is like the changing but of the guard. A lot of people there like yeah, can help are, are it, coming it together. Go- yeah, there's a good deal. There's still like, it's still a sizable settlement it's not yeah. like it's a ghost town or anything and i can see the like pros and cons like staying and going yeah and this or a smaller a bi- or bigger yeah. community too and the dutch are a pretty voyage friendly people okay. that sounds like they're a very friendly people but <laughs> they had a lot of shipping and trading and merchants okay. so being on the sea going back and forth across the ocean wasn't 100 percent out of the ordinary for them okay but yeah so on the ship they've got the accused corrupt governor accused of massacres uh people who are going to testify against him and fourteen thousand beaver pelts so okay what all of us dream to ship across the ocean (laughs) um so they depart on august 16th 1647 the amelia sets sails for europe with her cargo and keef aboard (laughs) they're like what 13,997, 13,998, 13,999. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I think we're missing a beaver pelt here. Oh, nope, 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 nope. Two were stuck together. We got it. 14,000, we're good to go. Let's head out. Um, quote, Keefe, eager to return home and defend himself to clear his name and see his accusers punished. Oh, really? I'm going to vindicate myself right here, all right? Now, this he, is my time. If he's in a modern trial, he would definitely represent himself. Oh, yeah. Well, this is like the Dutch OJ trial, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> oh, was he? Was well, it's like, you know, kind of like, Ted, is it Ted Bundy? Or oh, whatever? yeah, he goes crazy. Because, yeah. like, he he's so cocky in a delusional way that he, like, represents himself. So I can see him just like, okay, everybody's going to say sorry once we get back <laughs> oh, home. Oh, my gosh. I, I haven't done the research, but I would love to see... Any level, any from the smallest parking ticket to <laughs> the biggest trial, if anyone representing themselves has ever been successful. Because <laughs> I don't think so here. Um, That's a good challenge. I like that. I might give it a try. Because anytime someone does it, the real lawyers <laughs> in the room ever... just roll their eyes like, oh, my God, I don't even need to show off anymore. You're about yeah. to win this fucking shit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. sure there's people that have one. And I would like to see. Yeah, how, like what, very like, specific. Because cases. it's either like like I highly doubt any of those situations of them as being really clever. It's probably they're so right that and like yeah, what they're arguing. It's such that, an egregious yeah. thing against them here. But anyway, what the fuck were we talking about? So he's eager to, Keith is eager to return home okay. and clear his name. <laughs> and not only clear his name, that was the thing. It's not only clear his name, but see his accusers punished oh, too. I'm coming after God. you. Now he's a WrestleMania <laughs> character. He's challenging them to WrestleMania at this point here. Mm. Um, Gordon Ramsay was coming into the restaurant. It's like, this is your fault. Yeah. Your fault. You blame the front house. What did you fucking know? Um, now, this is another quote. Quote. The crossing was uneventful until then, dot, dot, dot. 
Here Wait. we go. Oh, okay. So, so the Amelia carrying Keith, yeah. his accusers, and 14,000 beaver pelts has make is making its way across the ocean. <laughs> oh, no. Quote, in a bizarre climax to the whole affair, Cl- Captain Bull made a classic mariner's error. What? Made mistaking the Bristol Channel, a.k.a. the False Channel, for the English Channel. The ship ran aground oh, off the no. coast of Wales. So they're going like enemy territory then? No, or they're... Where the, it's a Swedish ship, right? Well, no, this is a Dutch ship. Yeah, but, that's what I meant. My bad. But the fake channel is notorious for a lot different of a seabed and being a lot closer to land than the English channel. And you might get fooled into thinking you have more, you have more like area below your ship to sail <gasps> oh, and this I, is one of the biggest yeah, that way and, yeah that's why it's called the fake channel and he a classic mariner's error so many people mistook these two that it became a wise tale among mariners and i like th- that this is a giant ship one of the largest merchant ships so if you don't have a lot of room things might go bad <laughs> when the ship ran aground off the coast of wales at what i found just called modern day its name is mumbles point like, you're mumbling, like, he's got the mumbles. <laughs> mumbles point near Swansea, Wales. Uh, quote, heavy surf hev- heaved it up and down in three titanic hammerings, dashing it to pieces against the rocky ba- bottom. That's the ship. Okay. That, the Princess Amelia. So it's slamming it up and down against the seafloor three oh. times. 21 of the 107 passengers survived, including... out of how many? Out of 107, 21 survived. How? Wow. These ships, ship sinkings are definitely a crapshoot. Like, depends on so much luck there. Like, what if, like, a crap... Like, you're... I don't know where you would be in the ship. I don't know how ships, like, were made back then. I don't know how ships are made. But, like, if you're asleep... (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, same, obviously. But it's like if you're sleeping at the bottom, there's no like you can't like flip on a switch and you like crash. Yeah. Like, oh, where am I? Like, and follow the right exit. Yeah. Sign. Like, or if yeah, if you just wake up or you get thrown overboard. Uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> of the 21 men who survived or passengers survived, two men were going to testify against William Keeft, uh-huh. the disgraced governor here. However, there's only two of them on that boat. Well, no, two men survived. Oh, uh, that two, were two men who were going to testify. <clears throat> okay, were survived of Good. the twenty-one. William Keith did not make it out of the shipwreck, though, going down with the Princess Amelia and dying off the coast of Wales. Wow! Along and the with, beaver pelts are in there. I'll get to the beaver pelts. Oh, Don't okay. think I wasn't going to mention those beaver pelts <laughs> and not finish up with the beaver pelts. Now he went down with his archives and personal documents he had assembled for his defense. Okay. So, if there was ever a time to fake your own death, it's probably now when you're on route to your fucking home to be accused of this shit. Now another quote: "Quote for days after." Welsh farmers comb the beach for beaver pelts and other items of value. <laughs> they were bundled together and sold at a reduced price in nearby Swansea, Wales. So <laughs> this ship crashes off the coast okay. and 14,000 beaver pelts spread out across <laughs> the coast <laughs> of South Wales. And these farmers are just picking them up and selling them at a lo- local market. That's hilarious. Wait, are beavers... They're, this might be a dumb question. Are they only in America? It's a coast of beaver pelts here <laughs> off, the, off the south of Wales. Uh, 
which you don't expect, at least in uh, South Wales here. Yeah. Quote, the initial news of the wreck of the princess must have stunned the residents of New Amsterdam. The general view, once this shock wore off, was that God had been unusually straightforward in punishing Keith for his many sins, and that the other passengers had had the misfortune of being too near the lightning bolt. End quote. God just works in mysterious ways. <laughs> this guy sinned so much, I need to kill like 80 people, you know? Yeah. And, but on the upside, a lot of Welsh farmers got a lot of money from those beaver pelts here. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Okay. To the mid-1650s and just hop back across the ocean to Europe real quick. Okay. We're back in Europe. We, we Unlike William Keefe, we made the voyage back. Um, now, it had only been a few years since the intense fight of the 30-year war, which I think we kind of briefly mentioned about. All these wars are just between two European colony, two mm-hmm. European empires, and they go so long, they're like, 30-year war, fuck it. Um, this had been largely fought with the Roman Empire, Holy Roman Empire, Germany, uh, from, you're going to get, you're going to be shocked by this, the 30-year war lasted from 16... 16- 18 to 1648 <laughs> 30 years wow dang they actually blow, got it right blow my mind yeah in this one case mm-hmm. uh this conflict is considered one of the most destructive wars in european history with an estimate of the total deaths caused by it ranging from four and a half to eight million people which is a very large range yeah. Um, the war concluded with the peace of western Phalia in 1648 with the one big outcome of the treaty being Spain accepting Dutch independence, they were free, uh, by weakening the Habsburgs on so many different levels. That was the people who controlled Spain, Roman Empire, the Dutch here. Uh, the conflict altered the balance of power in Europe. So things were going not great. They're about to get a whole lot worse. Oh, wow. Yeah, woo! Uh, instability! <laughs> Uh, The Swedes, Sweden was one of the countries that actually saw gains from the outcome of the war here. They gained a good deal of territory. In a theater of the war called, this is a pretty sweet name, the Hannibal War. (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, Sweden and the Dutch allied together were able to defeat the kingdom of Denmark-Norway, which was one big, uh, big kingdom there. Okay. Gaining sizable amounts of land in the Baltic Sea area here. So they kind of just invaded scandinavia they're like we got to have the saunas we got to have <laughs> all of that there i know that's finland uh-huh. but still um uh now on the other hand boop, other hand sweden <laughs> remained in kind of a state of always in some kind of conflict with uh, their other big rival in the area okay the polish lithuanian commonwealth which is just a lot of area around poland and lithuania they, okay. they came together. Uh, and this was started in the 1620s, going through this time. So about 20, 30 years of just some conflict here and there. You know? Yeah. You hit them once. A few years later, they'll hit you back. You know, tit for tat kind of thing. Okay. Uh, on just and off relationship. remember that you're still there. Yep. Yep. You know where <laughs> I'm. Uh, now, during the 1640s, the uh, Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, or the Commonwealth, uh, was suffering from a lot of internal issues resulting in uprisings, Political feuds, you know, a weak military. Ooh. The the. And this is under um, governor number, number three. No, th- this is back in Europe. Ah, We're back fuck. in okay. Europe. It's all good. I love the clarification. This is back in Europe. Mm-hmm. This is like Poland, where okay. modern day Poland is, and there's like. And they're having issues. Yep, they're having. Sorry, issues. when you said issues, I was just. Assuming nope, colonies. everyone's having issues, yep. <laughs> but they're having issues. Uh, and uh, 
this is very poor timing. <laughs> but uh, oh, okay, you're gonna see why this is poor timing. Seeing this weak state, the Tsardom of Russia ordered an invasive strike on the Polish Lithuanian oh, Okay, weird. I I've never experienced <laughs> something like that before. Uh, and this was in 1654. Yeah, and we're in April 2020. 2022. Two, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was 2020, but uh, it's, it still feels it, like 2020. <laughs> it does. Uh, seeing how much success the Russian troops were having in this war here, uh-huh. the newly crowned king of Sweden, Charles X, Gustav. <laughs> I guess he's Charles the He like did an X motion on your chest. <laughs> there we go. Hit it. Uh, X, that's how you got to do it. Uh, began to assemble uh, an invasion force to move into Poland. He's like, oh, oh. They're, they're doing really well. I think I can do well there, too. After negotiations for a potential Polish-Sweden alliance to push Russia out uh, kind of fell through, Sweden opted to prepare a preemptive strike on the Commonwealth in the hopes of occupying available land before russia could get there okay again familiar sounding now at the start of 1655 the first strike begins in the opening campaign of the second great northern war okay now that's one name for it it's also known as the first northern war Wait, what? I don't know why, but they're like, it depends on if you consider this other battle a war, who knows? <laughs> uh, and then it's also known as the Little Northern War. So What the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I, is there a bigger one? I don't know. But this is a Northern War. At least it's mainly called the Second Northern War. Okay. I, I bet it's some weird... Just to be safe. Yeah, just If anybody be, actually somehow knows this it's, history. It's, it's probably some weird Eastern European nationalist. It's like, I don't recognize that first war in 1600. Yeah. Fuck that shit. It's bullshit. <laughs> they attacked us first, even though... It was it's, just a basic conflict. It, it was just a strike. But uh, so <laughs> uh, within a few months, Russia has occupied the eastern half of the Commonwealth, while Sweden occupies the western okay. half here. Uh, however, because this was imperial royalty-filled Europe, uh, this war grows from just being Sweden versus Poland into a giant confusing mess of alliances and allies oh, here. Oh, fuck. So I'm going to try my best here. Uh, Sweden had such powerful, known military allies as the Principality of Transylvania. That sounds kind of badass, actually. I mean, they send in their soldiers of vampires, but they can only yeah. fight at night. <laughs> uh, the Grand Duchy of Lithuania, Wallachia, and Moldavia. Whew. And then Poland would eventually be allied with Denmark, Norway, the Habsburg, the Tsardom of Russia, uh, the Crimean Khanate, which okay. I believe is a reminiscent of Genghis Khan. Might be wrong okay. on that. And also the Dutch Republic. So allies now are now enemies. The big thing is now on one side is Sweden, and the on the other side is the Netherlands here. Okay. They're in these whole mess of alliances. You. Yeah. Now, a bunch of confusing warfare and political shit happens back in Europe. Okay. But I don't give a shit about it, so we're going to hop back to North America for this war. Okay. Because like I had just said, on one side of this war is... Is any of the bullshit in Europe going to affect, like, the colonies? colonies? Yes, yeah. that's why I talked I'm, about I'm assuming, like, resource. Like, they're not going to be tended like they should be. They're not going to be tended. There's also going to be some tension here. So okay. one side Sweden, one side the Netherlands. Uh, so they're, like, alone with all the they're natives. Then. Alone. They're at war. It's not fun. Ooh. Summer of 1655. 
Director mm. General of the New Netherlands Colony, uh, Peter or Pieter Stuvesant, that guy who came in on the boat, orders an armed squadron of ships to head south, uh, south of the colony here. Mm. The army was sent down the Delaware River, where they easily captured Fort Christina, which was the capital of New Sweden, okay. or the, the first settlement, I'm sorry, the first settlement, and then retook a previously captured Dutch fort of uh, Fort Casimir. So they're taking these places that the Swedes had founded and were occupying because of the war back in Europe here. Okay. By the end of the summer and the start of September 1655, Swedish and other Scandinavian settlers in the area were formally being incorporated into the New Netherlands here. So they're pretty much just saying, all right, we're part of... Wait, is this like a merger or something? Yeah, it's kind of like a merger. Uh, they're they're taking a over a branch. For, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a... <laughs> Was that an office quote? It's a, it's kind of that, but it's actually a pretty <laughs> wait, good... Wait, were you referencing the office in a way? I thought, you were, I thought you were there. Yeah, I don't so know. Another, I didn't know what but, else to say. But no, it's, it's a very good way to phrase it because like, <laughs> they're like, oh... It doesn't make sense to fight. They're being successful. They're taking us over. Let's just join them there. Okay. So it's very much like a merger. That brings us to the Peach War. I'm Ooh. sorry, the Peach Tree War in was, September 1655. Was James involved? <laughs> James and the Giant Peach yeah. Tree War. Uh, some used this. He thought his step-parents or mothers were an issue. <laughs> those fucking bugs came out of nowhere. Mm. Uh, some used this name for the whole American theater of the Northern War here. Uh-huh. Uh, but some also just used this for like an individual battle or something. But it has... It's called the Peach Tree War. Okay. Uh, there we go. Susquehannocks, an Iroquoian tribe located along the Delaware River, were a close trading partner with the Swedish settlers in the area. Okay. Eventually growing to protect the colony from the rivals or enemies in the tribe. So we normally think about, like, the colonists taking care, like, protecting the yeah. natives at this point. The Swedes were so bad at being colonists, the natives were taking care of them. They were like, we'll, we'll watch over you here. No How way. About that? Did they benefit from that? They didn't die, so <laughs> if, if, if that's your bare minimum, yeah, they, they benefited from it. Uh, the English had lost their trade connections with the Susquehannocks after a change in traders in the area. They went to another <laughs> tribe, uh, okay. leading the tribe to work with the Swedish, eventually growing. Oh, that's yeah. not good. That's going to piss them off. Piss them off. But yeah. for the Swedish, it started that relationship where they would eventually become protected by them. Okay. The Susquehannocks were furious with the actions of the Dutch conquering the Swedish and disregarded the protection that they had set over the colony. Uh, because the big thing was the Dutch the... were attacking the, the Swedish. Okay. And the Susquehannock said, we protect them and you're attacking them. What up, dude? Yeah, That's okay. Because cool. mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's remember a big part of the Dutch's initial plan for the So it was like kind of like confusing lines. Yeah, it, okay. everyone, is, everyone is pissed off at each other for mm -hmm. some different reason here. But a big thing about the Dutch's plan of colonization was to be respectful of their laws of the natives in the area. They okay. wanted to play by their rules. And now they're completely ignoring it when it suits their military. Okay. They're like, I thought you were cool. Whatever, man. Uh, as they had a lot of sway and respect among the Lenape tribes in the area, the Susquehannocks assembled an army of warriors from multiple allied and neighboring groups that was said to be over 600 troops. So they're rallying the troops here. Mm -hmm. um, September 15th, the assembled native force landed in New Amsterdam, the, the capital. Yeah. Uh, and 
I will say that the past few episodes, I feel like I mentioned it, but I'm if I haven't, I will say it now. Every time I found something about New Amsterdam, every time they would contextualize it by putting in the modern day location in New York City. Uh, September 15th, the assembled force of the natives in the area, they land in New Amsterdam. Okay. And what would be lower Manhattan, modern day. Uh, and they begin to wreak havoc through the streets of the town, which at this time was mostly undefended, as a majority of the dr- troops were still in New Sweden. They were okay. not expecting a native attack. They were mainly just going after the Swedish here. Uh, the warriors cro- then crossed the river and then kind of got revenge at the new Dutch settlement at Pavonia, which had been the site of that refugee camp there. Oh, okay. So they get their kind of uh do their dues there okay a little bit of revenge in the sense or yep at least least, uh ceremonially or symbolically okay uh from here the natives took some of the colonists hostage and went around the area attacking dutch farms staten island in particular was the scene of a large skirmish that left over 20 dutch settlers dead and many more again taken hostage okay so they go from kind of island in the area here After hearing the news of the attack, Dutch troops rushed back to their capital and sought to negotiate with the warriors. Um, And I will say, when I say the warriors, don't picture the 1980s famous movie, The Warriors, which took place (laughs) in New York. It is the native warriors. They're cracking some bombs. Warriors, come out and play. Uh, The negotiations. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Have you? It's a pretty good movie. I saw it when I was like, 18 like okay a long time ago i haven't seen it in a while they never talk about that oh it's coming to streaming like no one's like the warriors <laughs> are back on hulu oh my god um the negotiations between the two sides were quick and successful uh dutch captives were safely returned including the governor's own wife and children who were taken hostage at one point <laughs> that's a good way to make the negotiations go pretty quick yeah. hey I have your children. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, what were you talking about there? Uh, in return, the natives received ammunition, wampum, and blankets upon the release of their hostages. Oh so, wow! Uh, they got some stuff that they needed there. Upon release, blankets. Imagine how like valuable blankets were at this point. That's I what bet, they wanted. At the same level as uh, ammunition, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, uh, but so, I wasn't expecting blankets though. <laughs> I think it's. I, f- I feel like it's not the same kind of blanket we picture, but it's probably like a giant piece of cloth yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. Or maybe I'm entirely wrong. It's a fucking blanket. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I could be that way. But um, the settlers were ordered to return back and build a fort. Hey, how about we uh, build up some protections here? I think that uh. might be a good idea here. <laughs> back on Staten Island, they found their homes burned to their gr- to the ground crops destroyed and their livestock and horses set free to roam or be killed so not a good uh, thing to come back to many of them were so discouraged that they soon moved to the nearby long island colony how depressed and down on your luck that you would have to move to long island <laughs> wow i just it's a hard time mm-hmm. man wow. so but basically they're going from one colony to another is that what you say yeah they're like okay. staying in the same area i Okay. Don't know if Long Island is part of the Dutch or if it's another area. Long Island is fucking huge. So Mm. eventually the Dutch settlement on Staten Island would be entirely abandoned here. Uh, Now, why was it called the Peachtree War? 
At no point <laughs> there did I mention anything relating to peaches, trees, peach trees, yeah, anything uh-huh. of that nature. Uh, the Swedes of the area were made of the Susquehannock's attack. Uh, they were coming, and that it was in retaliation for the Dutch conquest of New Sweden. So the Susquehannock had told Swedes in the area, hey, we're going to go attack the Dutch because they attacked you guys here. Yeah. Um, however, the colonists in New Netherlands believe that the war was because of the murder of a young Algonquin woman whom a Dutch settler had allegedly killed for stealing a peach from the property of the secretary of the colony. Incidents that raised tension and happened shortly before the attack. So to the Swedes, they knew this attack was because they were invaded, but all the Dutch were like, oh my God, that dude killed a woman for stealing a peach and now they're slaughtering all of us here. Wait, so was that a rumor then? It was a rumor. Well, part rumor, part... What could be the logical explanation for why they attacked us? What have we done to them? We yeah, we invaded so that was their, their inter- interpretation. Yeah, then? they're like wow. yeah, we invaded okay. their ally, but we also did murder one of them when they stole a peach from us. So it has to be over that right there. Oh my god! Uh, so this oh my. <laughs> this misconception over the peach is what led to the name of the war being the oh peach my tree gosh. war. So they thought it, it was someone stealing a peach, but in it was actually. Very complex, interesting <laughs> geopolitics. Weird. Just to end this episode on... Uh, oh, really? Well, uh, to end it on a little bit more of an upbeat, okay, less massacre yeah. note here. Because I'm getting too full from the pilots. I get it. Yeah, we're... That's I'm, execution, my bad. We that, don't have anything for... Well, maybe if you put them all together, that's why that guy was 400 pounds, but yeah. whatever. Um, now... <laughs> What I wanted to do is there's a lot of famous places known across the world in New York City, and a lot of them have their name tracing back to the New Netherlands okay. to this time period. That is pretty cool. So I thought we'd go through a couple of them, kind of grab bag it, just a couple here, Neat. and have some fun with that there. Uh, not every single borough, whatever, okay. in New York, but so fun. So what you got for me, Paul? First one is going to be Coney Island. Coney Island. Coney Island, initially spotted and recorded by Henry Hudson. Our old friend there. The Europe, the first Europeans to acquire land near Coney Island went, was Anthony Jansoon Van Saley, which is a very long name, in 1639 on behalf of the New Netherlands colony. Isn't Coney Island like a sushi place? Sushi place? Like a restaurant, maybe? It's probably a different name, but Coney Island is the hot dog. It's funny like, how like that's like what the first thing that came, came to mind. My, you might be the first person to associate Coney Island with sushi. Yeah. Like <laughs> normally it's like amusement park, hot dog eating contest. So if I opened like a sushi restaurant called, called Coney, Coney Island, would that confuse the fuck out I of people? I think it would. Where are the hot dogs? Why is everything f- fucking raw here? You, you would be as successful as uh, Keith was at running that colony there. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone's dead. But uh, so uh, Coney Island, at least the land around it, was bought in 1639 on behalf of the New Netherlands colony. In 1644... Wait, wait, wait. Is there sushi on Coney Island? I bet there's probably. I haven't been there, okay. I'll be honest. <laughs> or at least... Yeah, I, 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 I would not know off the top of okay, my head. Okay, I'm sorry. 1644. Now we're all going to be talking about sushi here. Uh, 1644, <laughs> a colonist named Geisberg Optic. <laughs> Optic? Optic. O-P space D-Y-C-K. Oh, nice. Op- Optic. Optic. <laughs> Optic here was given a 
patent of land on the southwest shore of Brooklyn, which included a Coney Island, an island just off the shore, spelled C-O-N-Y-E. So it's different. Yeah, it's a little bit different. It's kind of a rough thing. But wait, wait, wait. Do you like sushi? No, not really. I'm not a big fish guy. So when it's like raw, okay. I know like it needs to be prepared well, but even then I'm like, let's cook it. Let's just okay. not play. Okay. Let's, let's not gamble. <laughs> How about that? Um, now, this was the first... I, oh, shit. I, I'm an idiot, but I wrote this in my notes as this was officially the first official. <laughs> I'm the idiot in this case, but this was officially the first official real estate transaction on Coney Island. Uh, up dick here. Wait, what did they like sell money or sushi? Both. Both. Uh, op dick never occupied his land patent. And in 1661, he sold it off to a fellow colonist. No joke. Okay. Dick DeWolf. Dick, D-I-C-K. I feel like I've heard this before. Well, Dick Wolf, that... I'm pretty sure Dick, Dick Wolf is the producer of Law & Order. Oh, so, that's my So idea. he sold it to the producer of Law & Order here in 1655, <laughs> 1661. And he's yeah. really a vampire. Yeah. He was it, asleep for hundreds uh, another, of years. Another one here. Yeah. And also, his name is literally Dick D. Wolf. D. E. Wolf. <laughs> Dick D. Wolf. I love it. I love him. I'm gonna I'm gonna find pictures that of him and go. That is the ultimate porn name. Dick. Yeah. Dick D. Wolf. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Um, there is no clear historical consensus on how the island got the name Coney Island. By the time it was regularly being called Coney Island, it was one of those cases of we've just always been calling it Coney Island. Like it's just mm. how it's came. One possible route is from a nearby Native American tribe, the Kona or Kone. And they were the only tribe that knew how to make sushi. Yes. Even better, they were known as the Bear Band. Nice. Like bears, like mm. that's fucking sweet, who once inhabited the island. A second theory is that it is a distortion of the name of Henry Hudson's second mate, John Coleman, who was murdered and we covered it here okay. in that long unsolved murder article we read in the last oh, yeah. like two episodes yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another idea suggests that it came from a Dutch word for rabbit, which derived from a large population of rabbits on the island. So those are your three theories. Quote, there is little evidence for each of these three theories. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, there's a lot of issues with all of them. So Coney Island, it was bought by uh, Optic, and then it was sold to the producer of yeah. Law and Order right there. Perfect. Next one, Harlem. <laughs> Already going great. Sorry, here. I was laughing at the thing before. I get that. Yeah. I mean, his name is Dick DeWolf. I'm yeah. sorry. Harlem here. The first European settlement in this area, that is Harlem, okay. was by the Franco-Dutch immigrant siblings of Hendrik, Isaac, and Rachel DeForest. So now we've got a, the Forest. DeForest family? DeForest family. Okay. So very big into wood cutting, yeah. all kinds mm -hmm. of cutting, like carpentry. Very I wonder if it. that's any way on purpose. <laughs> I mean, you, you're born into like, that. Like, if anybody in that family had to cut trees, like... I mean, I, I love when that kind of happens in real life. Uh -huh. I've mentioned it before, but like the basketball player, Tim Duncan. Yeah. I mean, there's or, nothing he can't do. Or a florist with the last name is like with Bloomer. Yeah, or like Tile like or something. Yeah. Uh, another good one is the pitcher Brad Hand, and they <laughs> use their hands. Um, now, the settlement here uh, by the DeForest family here was named Nua Harlem, uh, New Harlem, after the Dutch city of 
Harlem. Okay. Whoa, crazy, I know. And was formally incorporated in 1660 under the leadership of uh, Pieter Stuyvesant. So it goes back to the city in the Netherlands of Harlem, but they just dropped one letter. Okay. So that's what Harlem is. Broadway. Broadway, the big play place. Or, you know, Hamilton, that kind of fun shit. Uh-huh. What would become Broadway was an originally a Wakasekwak trail across Manhattan Trail carved into the brush by its Native American users. So it was kind of a cross boulevard of the natives to get across the island of Manhattan. Okay. Upon arrival of the Dutch, the trail was widened and soon became the main road through the island to and from the colony of New Amsterdam. And when where the Dutch started to call it the Heerenweeg or Heerenstraat, Okay. Not real words. I swear to God. H-E-E-R-E-N-S-T-R-A-A-T. That is me drunk texting you at 2 a.m. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning gentleman's way or <laughs> gentleman's street. Uh, they're like, we need all the strip clubs on this boulevard here. <laughs> all right. Put the pawn shop there, the mm-hmm. cash checking mm-hmm. location, and then the gentleman's club yeah. on the corner there. Uh, inspired by the name of a similar street back in Amsterdam, which was called the High Street, which has a totally different name nowadays in New Amsterdam yeah. or in Amsterdam, <laughs> or just known as the highway. So, uh, <laughs> the, high street. It, the high street. That's a different street there. It's the yeah. red light district now. It was renamed Broadway after the Dutch lost control of the city because of its unusual width there. That's how it became Broadway. Ooh. I prefer to call it High Street. <laughs> I mean, let's go to the High Street theaters, man. They're the best here. Uh, now, I just have a couple but southern Manhattan neighborhoods. Okay. Because there's a few noteworthy ones, and they're all kind of similar. I put them together for this one okay. here. Okay. Uh, Tribeca. Tribeca. Uh, so all these places are definitely heard in at least one Jay-Z song, so <laughs> you'll know that there. The area known as Tribeca was farmed by Dutch settlers Roloff Janssen and his wife Anke Jans, for New Amsterdam and was first dated to 1636 uh, a land plant, plant, uh, patent there. And Tribeca is a combination of three areas put together for a name. So okay. that, that's why it's not like a Roloff Tribeca or whatever. That's not the guy's fucking name here. Now, the Bowery, which is an area really close to Tribeca, the Bowery Street is the oldest path on Manhattan Island. It's the oldest street here, starting its life out as a Lenape footpath spanning the entire length of the island from north to south. Uh, when the Dutch settlers settled Manhattan Island, they named the street the Bowery Road, Bowery being an old Dutch word for farm because it connected the farmlands and estates on the outskirts of the settlement to the heart of the city to Wall Street here. Okay. So it's a connecting street and it's pretty much connected or it's a derived from Farm Street. Pretty okay. Much. So it's Farm Street, High Street. They're very creative with yeah, their no, names right? here. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this I is... could see this in like a very early on toddler's book, you know, <laughs> things to like learn in this world. So I'm helping out here in like our cities in Minneapolis here and we're renaming a country road. And, oh, really? And Oh, yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I submitted names and I got the full list of all the submitted names and holy shit are people creative in one way or another uh one of them was let's do the twist avenue um 
One Nut Wonder Road. Oh my god. And Wait. then this one is my personal favorite that would have my vote, which was just Bob's Road with <laughs> with possession. So it's Bob's Road. <laughs> and there was a lot of other weird ones too there, but okay. that that uh that's whatever. Okay, back to I'll do Elm Street. Elm Street. I'm, <laughs> honestly, I bet I could find that up there. Uh, now the last kind of Southern Manhattan neighborhood we'll talk about here. Okay. Soho. Now this area was first known as Nortwick. Now that sounds like a sushi restaurant. Yeah, Nort or Soho. Or yeah, Nortwick and Soho, which means North District, where the ousted Dutch governor. Wouter Van Twiller, the guy from the beginning of the episode, had owned a 200-acre tobacco farm on. Sounds pretty good. It's pretty lucrative. After he was gone, the land that is now Soho was a part of a grant of farming land given to freed slaves of the Dutch West India Company. Uh, the site of this is the first free black settlement on Manhattan Island here. Uh, there were about 30 African-owned farms over about 130 acres centered in the modern-day neighborhoods of Greenwich Village and Soho. Okay. So going even back to 1630s, there was diversity in the city here. They mm -hmm. had a community of black-owned uh, farms and just settled like villages in what would be Soho and Greenwich Village here. Okay. Now the last one we'll end with is the Bronx. Mm. The best one, uh, mm -hmm. 1639. Johann Johannesson Bronck leases land from the Dutch West India Company north of the Dutch settlement of New Harlem. Okay. Again, his name is jo uh, Jonas. I'm sorry, I didn't pronounce his name right. Jonas Jonasson. Really? <laughs> He's a junior. He's named after his father. Okay. Jonas Bronk uh, gets this lease of land north of New Harlem and establishes a farm on 500 acres on, in what will become the area known as the Bronx. Okay, cool. Now, there's conspiracy theories and theories about Bronx origins. Oh, my God. It's never as easy as it is. Yeah. Uh, now, the first one is the capital of the Faroe Islands, which is a really obscure northern set of Scandinavian-owned islands here. Yeah. In the capital of Torshan, Torshav, has a street bearing the name of Jonas Bronk Street. Okay. Again, plural, or possessive. So the guy, it's Bob Street, this is Jonas's street yeah. here. <laughs> One theory holds that Jonas, Jonasson Bronk, was born around 1600 to a Lutheran minister and was raised in the capital. However, this Jonas Bronk's middle name would have been Mortensen, not Jonasson, and this speaks against this theory. So it's just two guys, both named Jonas Bronk. Oh, okay. And they think it's this guy here. And they're like, what? no, it's, it's just a different guy with the same name. <laughs> now, you might get a, uh, like yesterday at my work, a guy came in who has the exact first and last name as a baseball player. Uh-huh. And I quick, after he left, checked my phone to see, is he in town for some reason? Nope, just a guy with the same name. <laughs> just a guy with the same name here. Uh, now, a number of sources published in the early 20th century identify Bronk, guy bought the land here as danish not from this island but danish a 1608 publication 
portrays Bronk as a Mennonite, the people who are like the Amish, <laughs> who fled the Netherlands to Denmark because of religious persecution. So they're now saying he's a Mennonite who fled the Netherlands to Denmark, but then went back to the New Netherlands. Which that sounds a lot, a lot of steps. Doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm. Currently, the most accepted theory is that Bronk was Swedish. And okay. it is still a heated debate. Uh, quote, the theory of Bronk's Swedish origins fundamentally rely on the author of the person who put, published this, on the author Young's interpretations of three key words found in these Dutch language documents and that Jonas Bronk's relative, Peter Bronk, was born in 1616 in Jonk... Whoa, there's a lot of dots over those o's jump king sweden someplace in sweden yeah his uh, cousin's fucking swedish so he's swedish the words referred to bronx birthplace were spelled kunste and smlock smlock <laughs> that's uh, what a religious a beautiful town just so romantic let's go to smlock <laughs> that's where i want to be buried smlock sweden is most likely kunste and this is what it's most likely Kunste was probably Comstead in Sweden, by where his cousin was fucking born. And Schmlock, a very beautiful place, was probably a misrecording of Schmlaland, <laughs> which is an, I know I'm pronouncing that one last, but it's near the end of the episode, fuck it, yeah. uh, which is a district where everything is located. So they think these three words point to, he's probably born in this area of Sweden here. Okay. Either, it's probably Swedish here. The author concludes Jonas Brock, Jonas, Jonas, whatever, Bronk, was born around 1600 in Comstead, Sweden, a historic providence of Sweden adjacent to the then providence of, like, providences of Denmark. So, okay. He's probably from this fucking island in Sweden. There we go. Summarize there. The official historian of the Bronx, Lloyd Olten, who. I only can picture him with a strong accent. He's like, this fucking guy, you think he's fucking Danish, but he's fucking yeah. not, all right? He's fucking Swedish. Mm -hmm. uh, adopted the theory of a Swedish Bronx with the Bronx Country Historical Society and other publications following. So they're like, he's fucking Swedish. Okay, there mm -hmm. we go. We settled it there. And this guy... Is the his name is derived into the Bronx here? So on that less massacre terrible note, that's oh, the wow. notes I have for you. Glad to be back. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. Only a few massacres. Yeah. Um, love to get the bread and butter out there. I'm probably gonna get sushi soon now. I know you put it on the mind there. Uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go to Soho. No. <laughs> I'm gonna drink. But uh, we appreciate every single one of you mm -hmm. for listening here and just sticking with us we're going to be a little bit more consistent yeah um it will be a lot of fun next episode i'll just pull up my notes here real quick um i pulled up the wrong episode notes um <laughs> but next episode is going to be a lot of fun we're going to be kind of tracing the end of uh New Sweden. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That, that's incorrect. New Sweden is gone now. Okay. New Sweden, let, let's just clear that up. New Sweden's gone. New Sweden's dead. Okay. New Sweden is so 1635. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's just New Netherlands and New England, and um, England and the Netherlands are going to be coming on a crash course here. 
oh. um, to give you just a, a preview, a, a, a little taste for your, your buds here Ooh. of what to anticipate next time. We're going to be breaking out the, the potluck apparel and food because someone's going to be executing a dead man. Wait, what? Yeah, that's the exact thing I had okay. in mind. Yep, they're going to be, next episode, we're going to be executing a dead man. Uh, Can't wait to hear it. And it doesn't just come out of nowhere, but okay. uh, it will be a lot of fun. I've been working on my notes here. But in the meantime, what you can do by supporting us <laughs> and making sure we can sleep at night is uh-huh. leaving us a review. We forgot yeah. to mention at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. uh, but a review, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are listening does great to help us out we uh-huh. would love to see five stars in the uh description you know you got to leave something there something fun mm-hmm. uh tell us you know what is your favorite animal behind nolan is a shirt with dinosaurs on it <laughs> um i feel some people will argue that a dinosaur might be their favorite animal and i just want to hear some some ideas out there so shoot us a review tell us that let us uh, know if you also want to eat sushi yeah tell us how you feel about sushi thoughts on sushi <laughs> and animals five stars amazing uh but next week next episode it's gonna be a lot of fun here Woo! on the back row lessons podcast mm-hmm. uh but until then my name is Paul. And I'm Nolan. <laughs> and, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.